Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Mentality. My name is Emily, and I'm so glad you are clicking on this episode and listening to it because today I am sharing my part one story of my experience with an eating disorder. So this episode is going to be all about uh, my struggle and my experience with anorexia nervosa. So if you are triggered at any point by this episode, I just want to just give you some caution here. Um, I am, this is something I went through personally, and I want to be able to share that story and um, hope that whether or not you went through an eating disorder or you know someone that did, or maybe that is currently, that this can be um, something that could help them because I I was just blessed and having a lot of help and people praying for me during that time. Um, But not a lot of people really came out or I didn't hear a lot of stories about other people that had the same experience. So that is what today is going to be. Uh, Before I get into this episode, please be sure that you are following me on Spotify. I am, again, I'm new to the podcasting, so I need to learn how to get it up on the Apple podcast side as well. So for those who use Apple, I'm working on it. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But for now, it's going to be available just on Spotify. And of course, uh, if you want to follow me on any other social media, my handle is emichellefit on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, I think it's emichellefit1 on Twitter. I'm not a big Twitter user. (laughs) I probably should utilize it more. But so emichellefit if you want to follow me along with anything else. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the episode and uh, share my story. So I'm going to go back a little bit into my childhood years. Uh, Growing up, I feel like most other kids, I kind of dabbled in different sports. I remember very young trying gymnastics out, but I'm pretty sure it was the height thing at the time. (laughs) Um, I feel like I remember being held up to the high bars that they swing and do flips on. And I thought, no, this is not, this is too high. This is not my thing. (laughs) Um, I I did a year of fall ball, uh, softball. My mom played softball when she was growing up. So I had tried that for a season. Um, I did soccer in second grade, like through the YMCA. I clearly remember that. I was, I think, a midfielder, I think. I don't know why I remember that, but I was. (laughs) Um, So I tried different sports. And it wasn't really until leading up to junior high that I found volleyball and even started taking tennis lessons. Now, when I took tennis lessons, my school that I went to, Shades Mountain Christian, which is now Heritage Christian Academy, they did not have a tennis team, but they did have a volleyball team. And my best friend and I at the time wanted to try out for volleyball and be on a team sport together. So we found volleyball. um, And of course, you know, I'd say growing up, you know, I had a little bit of baby chubbiness. Like I wasn't I wasn't actually like an overweight child. Like I was active. Now, yes, I did eat a lot of pasta. (laughs) Like my go to meal was plain pasta with butter. That's what I liked. I remember having a good bit of those kid cuisine meals. Um, Younger, like most other kids, I was picky about the vegetables I ate. So obviously just your typical kid uh, taste buds. But leading into volleyball, 
Um, Stacy and I, um, we got on the team and I can't remember our, our initial decision to join the team. I just remember that was something we wanted to do and it would be a lot of fun doing it together. So we decided that we would start making healthy changes. Now we are officially on a school sports team and it started off just with simple changes like drinking more water uh, at lunch, adding a side salad or adding a side salad to our meal instead of chips. If we did do chips, it had to be the baked lays. It couldn't be any other chips. If we didn't bring our own lunch, then we got the little chicken nuggets from the lunchroom again and got the, the side salad and put that on there. So just little changes, nothing major. Um, but again, think in mind, even at that age, you really shouldn't be too worried about diet changes. Um, and then we decided maybe we'd throw in some extra workouts here and there outside of volleyball. So me and her uh, got big into Jillian Michaels, which if you are not familiar with her or you don't know Jillian Michaels, she is a celebrity personal trainer, has a ton of different workout videos and programs out. Uh, me and um, me and her just happened to have one of them and we were into that. So doing these changes after a little while, it was fine. Like we started swimming up. We were a little more active anyway with volleyball. And I just started to continue to take it a little too far. Like state, like Stacy, my best friend was at a good place. It was fine. And, and then I just kind of started taking it further. So I really just began to obsessively worry about what and how much I was eating. And, you know, really that, that transition into the disorder was around this area because it was the obsessive thinking and looking at the other girls at the school or looking at the other girls at uh, on the volleyball team and thinking, oh, if I was just a little bit smaller or only if I looked like so-and-so, are those familiar thoughts to you? Because I think today almost everyone has that thought at some point. I wish I looked like so-and-so. I wish I had legs like so-and-so. So those thoughts kept um, coming into my mind and I just began obsessing over it. So then it started coming to point where I would lie. I would start telling people, yeah, I already ate. Don't worry about it. Or, oh, I had a little bit earlier. I'm not too hungry. Um, and then even even to a point where, um, this is a little bit later on, but it, the lying part of it even came to where I would like take a few bites of whatever food I brought for lunch. And then I thought, oh, my stomach hurts or, oh, I'm not feeling good. I can't eat anymore. And then one thing that I remembered was, I don't know why I remember this exact detail, but Campbell's, the Campbell's soup had a soup at hand. I don't know if they still have that, but it was basically a drinkable soup that you could get in a little cup that looks like a coffee mug. You stick, stuck it in the microwave, heat it up, and you could drink it right there from the palm of your hand. So I remember one day, really as I was getting into the worst part of this, that I had like one of the tomato soups and that was not even 100 calories and it freaked me out thinking, oh, I don't, I don't need to drink that whole thing. So I took a few sips, right? Heated it up, took a few sips, took a few fake sips 
and then threw the rest away. Now, I can't remember what I told people after that. I probably told them one of the many lies that I've been telling people, like, oh, I'm not too hungry, or, oh, it wasn't that good. I'll get something later. And I just brushed it off. So, my mindset at the time was that I thought I was successful that particular day if I barely ate anything. I thought it was a good thing if I didn't hardly have any food that day. And this is besides the fact that I was playing volleyball uh, alongside of doing these Julian Michael workouts. So over-exercising, under-eating, obsessed with everything I was doing with both fitness and nutrition. But I thought I was successful that day if I barely ate anything. So this, these um, actions that I was taking continued on. People started noticing. Uh, family started noticing. Friends started noticing. People at my school started noticing. My mom actually got not one, but I think two, I think at least two calls from people at school saying that they were noticing changes and noticing how, what I was doing at lunch with my food. And they were concerned. So again, we're now we're at the point where people were noticing and really starting to take action. And my parents were already seeing changes at the time. But the fact that the school was reaching out really led them to believe and for sure know that it was getting worse. So as far as pant size at the time, I think I got down to like a zero, a size zero or even like a double zero, depending on, again, the store and the brand and all that kind of thing. Um, but even with a, at a size zero and double zero, I thought that I still was not small enough. I thought that I still did not look good. I did not like, <clears throat> excuse me, I did not like what I saw in the mirror. And I thought that if I got down to, you know, X number on the scale, that I would truly be happy. But I was not happy. I was constantly weighing myself like an everyday thing. And I know some people do that now. They may have to weigh themselves every day for health reasons, but I was hopping on the scale every single day, and if I was up a pound, I eliminated something during that day, what, what little I could have eliminated that day to eat, but I was taking out of my diet. I would feel drowsy. I would feel dehydrated. I just, I, I didn't feel completely up to par with my energy, again, because I was under eating and over exercising. But again, I thought if I got down to a certain number on the scale, I would truly be happy. But in fact, I was not. And my mom and dad picked up on that over time that I was continually weighing myself. And so they actually started hiding the scales for me. Um, now, I can't remember exactly at what point they hit the scales. This was more so on into when I was starting to see help and things like that, which I'll get to here in a few minutes. Uh, but one of the things that I remembered doing was if my mom and dad and I went out to eat, we, um, well, you know, I normally get water when I go out to eat now. And that's something that's never changed. I 
water and coffee are really about the only two liquids that I drink more than anything else. <laughs> so if you know me, I'm a coffee addict and I will drink my water. But something that I would do before my meal came out when I was out to eat was to drink a big glass of water. And I mean, I would drink it like at a fast pace, like to where you just knew like what I was doing. But something particular about this action, drinking a glass of water before the food came out, I remember searching online one day and purposely looking at diet tips and purposely typing in tips for anorexia. I was looking up tips to help me continue on with, I guess, what was deep down I knew I was struggling with. Like I would type in anorexia tips like extreme diet tips that nobody should be doing. And something that I continuously saw as I searched was drinking that big glass of water before the food came out. So I would feel full and I wouldn't feel hungry to eat hardly any of my food. So I did that often. And kind of going back to the scale thing, like I would do little things. Um, You know, like I said, the lying, the drink, the water before the food came out. And again, no matter what number I found myself down to on the scale, it was just never enough for me. Um, So again, you know, friends and family had noticed they were starting to take action. Um, Of course, I had an amazing church family. They were praying for me. Uh, Finally, mom and dad, um, uh, really kind of all my family talked. Now, I don't particularly remember this. My mom told me this. I think it was after Thanksgiving one year. Uh, we were all over at my granny's like we normally are after Thanksgiving or for Thanksgiving meal. And basically, they sat me down kind of for an intervention. I don't remember so much about that. Um, quite frankly, it's probably something I pushed out of my memories because at the time, obviously, I was thinking to myself, nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> so I never did. Um, never did have that issue. But. um So, yeah, they sat me down. We talked. And mom and dad had already said that if I got below 90 pounds, they'd have to take me to the doctor. And lo and behold, I got below 90 pounds. So and that that scale, I'm telling you, I was not only was I obsessed with what I was eating and making sure that I was, you know. It was more along the food lines rather than exercise, but I was making sure that I was exercising. Um, But I was determining my worth on a number on a scale. And nobody should determine their worth based on a number on a scale that you never should. And I'll get more into that later at the end of the episode. Uh, So finally, they took me to a doctor. And he recommended me to a therapist. And let me tell you, I did not want to see this therapist. I hated it. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to say that I hated him, even though I truly didn't know him. Like that was his job was to help people. And I'm sure he came across several girls in the same situation who did not want to talk to him and did not want to see him. But I did not want to see this therapist. And in talking with my granny and her memories, that was one of the biggest memories for her was me going to this therapist because she 
could tell how much it was hurting me and how much I did not like him to have to go be the therapist. Um, but something else that um, my mom told me was that when I had gotten to the therapist, I was at my lowest weight. I thought over the years that I had gotten down to like 85, 86. And that's way too low anyway. Now keep in mind right now, I am currently like five foot four. I've been five foot four for several years. <laughs> like when I was going through this, I had already hit my highs. Like I was around five foot four at the time. So I was five foot four and I had gotten down to my lowest weight of 82 pounds. I was sitting somewhere around 82 pounds. I was only a couple pounds away from being admitted into the hospital needing a feeding tube. So you could imagine if I already hated going to that therapist, I would have hated going into the hospital and having a feeding tube stuck down my throat even more. So this therapist, you know, he would ask me questions. You know, I don't really remember any questions in particular that he did ask me, but I remember a lot of questions, a lot of talking. Um, and when I was told that I was that close to being admitted to the hospital for a feeding tube to be forced down my throat, that was really the beginning of a turning point. Because I thought to myself, not only can I not stay in this therapist, but nobody is going to shove a feeding tube down my throat and feed me because I was so set in my mind that I just did not want to eat any food. So no one's going to force me to do this. <laughs> so that was really something clicked in my brain at that time. When I was told that I was that close to being into a hospital with a feeding tube, something clicked in my brain that told me, OK, you need to start taking little baby steps at least to get to the point where you're not so close to being admitted to the hospital. So little things were added um, each week or so for me to start doing. Uh, mom, My mom told me that something I liked to get while we were out were smoothies. Um, smoothies are actually a great way to sneak in some extra nutrients. Um, so you could actually make a smoothie pretty dense when it comes to the nutrition. So it can be a higher caloric um, meal or snack. But I just genuinely enjoyed smoothies anyway. So smoothies was something I liked while we were out and about. Um, and then I remember something else that was added was like one small piece of chocolate or candy a day. So, you know, that could be like after dinner, you know, one little piece of dark chocolate or one or two little M&Ms. I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, I got to eat this candy. <laughs> but if you talk to me now, I'm like, give me two or three of those little mini chocolates. <laughs> like, you know, like I've just come so far over the years. But, you know, just it, I was terrified of the fact that, oh, my gosh, at the end of the day, I have to have some kind of piece of candy. So if I was not around my family that day, what little, I, again, I was still already eating, I would, I was still thinking in my mind, I got to eliminate something. If I'm going to have this piece of candy at night, I can't have, you know, my, my second and last bite of whatever it was I was going to have for lunch. So I was still having these thoughts in my mind, but slowly over time, my, my mindset started shifting. It was like, OK, Emily, like where you're at is not good. People are going to 
continuously make you do this and make you do this and take you here. And again, I just did not want to go to the hospital. I did not want that feeding tube down my throat. And that really was a big turning point. Me realizing how close I was to that point. Um, so over time, you know, we added these changes, um, little things here and there. And I don't know exactly how long of a time frame it was where I finally got to a point that you would say that I was recovered, I guess. I'm not sure exactly. I do know during high school, um, I played tennis because my school finally got a team. So, but all through high school, I was still working on it. Um, oh, and something else. I'm backtracking a little bit, but um, kind of thinking back real quick about to when the school was calling. So my mom even told me that she had to make the decision to eliminate PE class because of my under eating and wanting to exercise alongside of that. She had to cut out and, and I guess ask them, be like, hey, is there a way that we cannot have her do PE class? Um, so I don't remember much about that, but I will say going into my high school years, particularly, I think it was my freshman year where we got a tennis team. Um, getting into tennis as my mindset was shifting was actually a blessing. Like you would think that after going through anorexia, finding fitness and finding a sport would not be the most ideal to help you get through something. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but believe it or not, tennis was actually a big help because I had made a new friend. I, I, I started feeling the sense of, hey, I like this feeling of being strong enough to hit a ball across the court or being strong enough to, you know, make these quick, you know, back and forth on the tennis court. It was you know, even me doing um, Julian Michaels still at the time, or maybe I changed up my Julian Michaels workout, something along the lines of feeling strong was what made the difference for me. So throughout high school, that's what I focused on. My eating got back to a lot more normal routine. And I was active. I, now, I, did, I would say that the, the weight that I uh, the weight that I gained back. There were some moments during high school where I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I really felt like I was looking big, but in all honesty, like I was so active. I was playing tennis. Like I was at a fantastic place during high school and with my weight. Now my mindset, I was still working on, <laughs> but so it was at that turning point of the threat of the feeding tube where over time, and it was not a fast recovery, but over time, even through all of high school, my mindset each year shifted a little bit differently. Like, hey, boys tend to like me more when I'm not a skinny toothpick, or hey, I like this feeling of being strong. And I could tell people were happier, and I felt happier. I wasn't so drained. I wasn't so sad, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm, I'm an over, like I'm already a happy person. So looking back and seeing pictures and just my face and these pictures with people, I was not happy. 
there was a picture of my granny and I on Easter one Sunday at my lowest weight. And I just looked like I did not want to be there. I would, I just looked so sad and upset and not happy. And, you know, and I love my family. I love going to church on Easter. That's something that makes me happy. And I was not happy in that picture. So I loved the feeling of being able to have that joy back. Me being so obsessive over what I was eating and not eating and over exercising, that was that stole my joy. The comparison is the thief of joy. And I truly believe that. I was so obsessed with the number on the scale and what size I was and what people thought of me and I needed to be skinnier. Like I was like that was all I was thinking 24-7 a day. Um and that was just purely stealing my joy. So again, all through high school, that's what I worked on. And you know, I always tell people you can recover from an eating disorder, but there's still a part of you that may not truly 110% heal from it because you still live with it every single day. I wake up knowing that I went through that. And once in a blue moon, and I have a thought and think, oh, well, if I didn't get to exercise today, then I'm not going to eat dinner. Well, within 10 seconds, I am bumping that thought out of my mind and be like, Emily, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, I do not need to think those thoughts. And, but where I'm at now, I am just, like, I am five foot four. Like, I'm going to tell you my way, and I'm not ashamed of it. Let me, that's telling you right now how far I've come. So I'm five foot four. And I about I kind of go back and forth between like 142 and 145 for my weight. I lift weights. I, I do a little bit of running. Um, I'll get more into my running story in the next episode. But um, so I do some running. I lift weights. I'm still active. I but I I'm happy. I'm strong. I'm healthy. And I never want to get back down to where I was. I never want those thoughts to pop in my head again. It's not worth it. I am so much more than a number on a scale. And so are you. Personality and your, um, how you view things and how, like your relationships, all that is so much more important. Um, like I said, getting so obsessed with this type of thing just steals your joy. You know, people didn't want to be around me. <laughs> people knew what was going on, but it was not fun around me. Being around me was not fun. And, you know, friendships were sacrificed and there were just a lot of struggles with relationships. Um, so you're just so much more than a number on a scale and you have to stop comparing yourself to other people, whether or not that's how you look or the things you have or the house you have. It is the ultimate a thief of your joy. And, you know, God made us, um, I can't remember the actual reference, but, you know, you are wonderfully, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you in his image. He didn't make any mistake. And in my mind, I have to, I have to think to myself and remind myself, if I am looking in the mirror and I am tearing myself apart thinking, well, why do I have to have these kind of hips? Or why does my face look like this? I'm basically telling God, hey, I don't like the way you made me. Like, 
what kind of artwork is this? You know, that's like telling, going up to an artist and telling them, I hate everything that you made, that you made about this picture. I hate it. I hate your work. That's what you're telling God, essentially. And we don't need to be doing that. He made us the way he wanted us to make us. And that is beautiful in his image, fearfully and wonderfully made. He has a purpose for every single one of us. And our purpose is what makes us beautiful. He made us and it is not worth what I went through to find that out. But I can tell you now that what I went through has made me who I am today. I have overcome these obstacles and I want to be able to share that with people and continue to help people and letting them know that you are more than that number on the scale. You're more than what size clothes you wear. Let's be real. Every store and every size is so different. (laughs) You can go to one store and wear one size, go to the next store. You maybe could wear a size smaller. Maybe you have to go up a size. So it's just you have to reevaluate yourself. so, but I'm going to end that story there. I can continue on, but again, I'm going to have the next episode be part two of my story, my experience with yet another bout of an eating disorder throughout college. So I thank you so, so much for listening to my story. I hope you guys got something out of it. Please share it with a friend. Please Give it a like, uh, comment below, rate it. I'm working hard on getting out, getting my podcast out on more platforms for you guys. And again, I'll have some um, show notes below and links where you can go and check out other stuff. So, but I thank you so much for listening in to my part one story of my eating disorder on warrior mentality. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.